What's up, guys? It's Josh, and I got to give you a warning about this episode because typically Think Different Theory is a pretty family-friendly and clean podcast, but occasionally we do bring on guests that use strong language and, in this case, also use very graphic stories. And while the stories in this episode are all very true and actually happened, uh, there is definitely strong language and there is very graphic details uh, involving some things that would not be suitable for uh, someone that is typically used to or only prefers the clean podcast style. Side of things. So please be advised and please be warned. If children are present, this is not the episode for them, as well as if you are listening and are offended by strong language and or graphic content or graphic stories, this would not be the episode for you. Otherwise, it is a great interview, lots to learn from this, and uh, we dive deep into the incredible backstory of our guest. Uh, but I just wanted to give you guys a fair warning on this just because it is a little bit different than what many of you guys are used to when it comes to the podcast. So listener discretion is advised. You are now entering a new paradigm. So here is my issue. I wanted to find the answers to life's biggest questions. Things like, how do I become happy and live with purpose? How do I make more money doing what I love? And what does it mean to be truly successful in all areas of life? My name is Josh Forty, at Josh Forty on Instagram, and I ask life's biggest questions and share the answers with you. My goal is to help you find purpose, happiness, and open your mind to new realms of possibility by helping you think differently about everything you do, know, and understand. On this podcast, we think different, we dream bigger, and we live in a world without limits. This is a new paradigm. Welcome to the Think Different Theory. Here we go. We're live, guys. What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of Think Different Theory. My name is Josh Forty, and guys, um, just it's a great day today, guys. Happy, what is it, Wednesday? Happy hump day, guys. Hope everyone is having an amazing day today. We have, if you're not having a good day today, you need to change your life, change your perspective, like change, change your actions because like I'll tell you what, it's a good day to be alive. Um, guys, we have a super, super exciting episode here today um, with somebody who has the craziest backstory that I have ever uh, seen or read. We're gonna introduce her, her here in just one second. But before we do that, I gotta hop into uh, a little promotion thing here. Um, our sponsor, I'm just kidding, we don't have a sponsor on this show, what are you talking about? But we kinda do, uh, and I gotta introduce you to this because as you guys know, we're talking about the Traffic Secrets book here, but right before we dive in, if you're listening on audio, um, make sure to check out the video so you can see this book. I have one of the advanced copies of Traffic Secrets in my hand, one of the 300 advanced copies that Russell Brunson sent out to me. March 17th, this book is coming out. You guys know we've been talking about it. It's awesome. It's amazing. I've been reading through it. I'm about probably a quarter of the way through right now, and it is just like mind-blowing. Now, why do I tell you this? Why is this important to you? Because on March 17th, this book is going to launch for pre-order. Uh, it'll be actually start shipping out in April, but March 17th, there's a huge, massive affiliate contest going on, and uh, I'm be, be part of it. It's for ClickFunnels. It's for Russell Brunson, and um, this book, I believe, is going to be a free plus shipping. That's usually how he does this. And if you buy through my affiliate link, um, which keep in mind, if it's a free book, I'm not actually making anything on the the front end. If you buy stuff on the back end, I do, but like I don't get any money if you buy the book. Um, it's all on the back end, but it's just for tracking purposes. Okay. Um, we're trying to win a contest. There's going to be thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people promoting this book. And we want to try to place in the top 20 so we can impress Russell Brunson and kind of, you know, buddy up and shoulder up with a bunch of people at ClickFunnels. So we're going to have amazing, amazing bonuses for this book um, coming out. And how we're actually going to roll these out, it's actually super cool. We've been working behind the scenes really, really hard uh, on what we're going to do here. And Starting next week, so it come, the book comes out two weeks from yesterday on March 17th. It's a Tuesday. Starting next week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on the podcast, on the episodes, um, I'm going to be 
every every episode, I'll be opening it up and I will be revealing one of the bonuses that you're going to be getting if you purchase through my link. So Monday, we'll have a bonus. Tuesday or Wednesday, we'll have a bonus. Friday, we'll have a bonus. And then Monday, right before it launches uh, on Tuesday, we will have another bonus in there as well. Amazing stuff, guys. Like seriously, I cannot wait to show you what we've got planned for you guys because it's going to absolutely blow your mind. If you're curious and you're like, Josh, what the heck is Traffic Secrets? What are we talking about? Why is this book even important? It is the final book in the trilogy of the Secrets Trilogy by Russell Brunson. The first one was Dotcom Secrets. Second one was Expert Secrets. And now this is the third one, Traffic Secrets. And it's all about traffic. It's all about getting you know, the followers, getting the people to your funnels, uh, which is something that I know all of you guys struggle with. I know I struggled with for a long time and it's going to help you just, it's amazing. Guys, like seriously, it's one of the best books I've ever read and I'm only a quarter way through. So anyway, I wanted to kind of let you know about that. Uh, obviously, I'm going to be talking about it on every single episode, um, but it, it's like, give me a chance to win your sale uh, on March 17th. And then there's a two week promotionary period there. And we're just going to blow your mind with bonuses. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Okay, um, let's rock and roll here. We have a very, very exciting, a very, very special guest um, for us. Her name is Nani Bernal. I got it right this time. It was Bernal last time is how I pronounced it. It's not. And guys, um, quick backstory on our guest here before I bring her on. She reached out to me like, I don't know, probably a year ago maybe now. It's been a minute. Um, we connected on Instagram and she's like, yo, Josh, like, I want you to come in. I want you to drop some knowledge and some value to my tribe uh, at the Empower Network. And when I got on, I was like, this girl, Oh my gosh, I swear she's on like Coke or something. Like she is so hyped up and so crazy, but I loved her energy. And then I find out this, but like a year later now almost, she's like, hey, I want to come on your show. And like, we're pretty picky about who we bring on here. So we put them through a a pretty big vetting process and uh, she fills out the application and I read her backstory and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's not on Coke. She used to be, but she, she, uh, she's not, she's just, so high on life and has an amazing, amazing like message and story to get out to the world. And like, this is the type of people that we're looking to bring on Think Different Theory, especially with season two and what we're doing is like helping people with their message and giving them a platform to go and share it and like learning from these people. And I'm very, very excited. Um, I'm going to let her tell her story, but just a quick background here. Um, her best friend was shot at 12 years old in a drug deal. Her dad left her. Um, she was into drugs and alcohol and was in and out of jail. At 18, she finds out she was pregnant. Uh, no jobs would take her because of her criminal background and, and her trying to get her life together. Um, so a- after she finally does end up getting a job, she works for him for like five years, then gets screwed out of a partnership she was promised, ends up going back to jail. Her daughter doesn't even realize she's gone. That's what was kind of like this wake-up call. She was uh, then went into alcoholism, got, uh, tried to commit suicide, had the wake-up call there, finally turns her life around. I'm sure I'm not even doing the story justice, but like incredible, incredible, incredible. And now she's gone. She has a multi-six-figure business that she's managing. She hangs out and interviews people like Brad Lee and Dean Graciosi and just some really, really cool, amazing people. And I'm so looking forward to talking to her here about her life story and just asking some really, really good and important questions. So without further ado, let's welcome Nani Bernal over onto Think Different Theory. Nani, for now, for now. Nani, thank you so much for coming on. How you doing? How you living? How you being, man? Thank you so much for uh, having me on here. I'm actually super stoked. Um, I'm ready to give it all I got. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. I'm super, super excited for this. Thank you for your time. Where are you out of? I'm out of South Florida, uh, Hollywood, Florida. If you guys are familiar with Miami, about 20 minutes uh, north. Nice. Now, I love Grant Cardone's in Hollywood. Yeah, Grant Cardone's in Aventura. So I'm actually about 15 minutes away from his office, 10 minutes away, depending on traffic. but is his house in Hollywood or is it? No. I, I think it's like in Hollandale, um, Hollandale? Okay. right around, yeah, Hollandale area. 
Yeah. So whenever I, it's a Fort Lauderdale's right up there. Whenever I fly into Miami, we usually fly in and out of Fort Lauderdale. Um, yeah. It's cheaper and you can find some sweet car deals up there. So we drive that strip all the way down. It is beautiful down there. You like, yeah. you're born and raised there? Born and raised. I actually live right down the street from uh, the airport. So I'm always flying in and out too. And uh, it is an amazing strip. But yeah, I was born and raised here. Um, I'm a Dania Beach local, as I say, beach bum. Uh, but nice. I, I can't leave Florida. I've been traveling a lot and it's nothing like home. There's nothing like this weather. There's nothing like the environment. People say we're not the nicest, but uh, I don't I don't realize that. I really like it out here. Yeah, I think, I think a little bit of that is just perspective, right? You know, you'll find yeah. the nice people wherever you live, but I like that. I like that. My, uh, my girlfriend and I, we're going to move down there. Um, but we're going to go, I think we're going to do Colorado for a year first and then we'll, uh, then we'll head down your way and we'll hang out in Florida. But okay. We got lots to talk about because you have a crazy story. And, um, one of the things that we've kind of gotten away from on the podcast for some people is like, we like to just have like normal conversations. And so like the whole, like, Hey, tell your backstory and then tell us what you teach or whatever. Like not something that I always like to do, but I feel like it's very, very fitting right now with like your background. And so I want to back up and just kind of turn it over to you and dive into like your backstory and where you came from. And so I'm just going to turn it over to you. I'm going to let you start. And then I'm just going to stop you as you're going and we're going to dive down further because I have questions uh, about a lot of what you've been through. And um, one of the things, and just to kind of set the context here, because I'm, I'm fascinated by this. I can't, I can't wait. It's going to be so exciting. Um, yeah. But one of the things that I get a lot of, mm, I don't know if like Slack is for, like, you know, people have a problem with with me is like, I'm really big on personal responsibility. I'm really big about taking control of your life. And there's a lot of people that come back and question, especially more, I hate to make like generalized assumptions, but generally speaking, more like left-leaning people um, that are like, you know, Josh, like not everybody can do that. Some people have it hard, like, you know, things like that. And so I really, truly want to understand the perspective from someone that has been through, like it sounds like you have of that. So I'm going to stop you kind of throughout the way. We'll ask and dive into some really big questions. But um, really quick, before we dive in, how old are you now? I'm 25 years old. 25 years old now. And you run, like, what's your business now? What do you do? So I have two businesses. I do consulting services for dispensary owners and as well as me having a coaching uh, company that's in Power Tribe. It's a okay. mastermind community where I help individuals execute and get to the next level. I really focus on high performance coaching and my speaking in this area. And I do my consulting services with dispensary owners on the side. Okay, sweet. So good, good mixer coaching and then consulting as well, um, which is yep. phenomenal, especially if you can bring results. Um, so let, let's back way up. And by the way, guys, if you're listening um, on the audio uh, side of things, be sure to check out the video over on Think Different Theory Facebook page as well. Um, and if you're listening on audio and have not left a rating and a review on whatever platform you have, it helps us grow a lot. A lot of you guys like listen and just forget about it. So I'm just kind of nicely reminding you, but it'll help spread uh, Nani's message, our message and things like that. So make sure to check that out. All right, Nani, over to you. Take us back from the beginning. Like, holy cow. Let's get it. So um, I always start off saying to anybody, have you ever lost anyone, right? And not just lost someone due to death, but lost someone emotionally, lost respect for someone, lost someone that you just really loved and they really let you down. Um, my life was what I thought good, right? Uh, my my parents owned businesses. Um, I had a big family. Uh, you know, holidays were family packed, gifts. And I think what really struck me was realizing at the age of 12 years old that my life wasn't really what I thought it was. And to me, I took that as everything's a lie. Um, mm. I didn't have an understanding of mindset. And what I mean by that is at the age of 12 years old, 
Um, you know, I, I remember it was July. My mom was re-renovating re my dad, my house that my dad was, uh, that owned, that my dad bought for us. Um, with that, he was away in Colombia, and I noticed that they were fighting a lot more. There were things throughout my childhood that I would pick up, but I didn't really like hone in on it because I'm like, now nah, I'm crazy. Um, my dad had a family a member live right next door to us, which was his sister. Um, she, he brought down her brother, her mom, and they live right next door to us. We broke down the wall in our house and they kind of lived, we were all lived together. It was like 15 of us, my brother, my sisters, all of us. And um, we always kind of saw that the relationship was a little close, but no one thought anything. Um, my dad left to Columbia. My mom's trying to like re replenish their, their, their relationship and get it to a good point. So she's doing the surprise and fixing up the house. And I'm asking my mom, you know, why are you doing this? Like, what's going on? She's like, oh, I just want to surprise your dad when he comes back. I'm like, okay. That week that my dad comes back, um, we find out that my aunt's pregnant um, and my dad ends up leaving. Um, and he tells me, and it was very weird that he left. He packed up all his stuff. And I always remember it. Um, I'm sitting on the back of his truck, his expedition, and he's talking to me. And he's like, you know, there's some things you don't understand um, right now. And there's some things that I'm going to have to explain to you later. But just know I really love you. And I'm really sorry. Um, but I just need my own space right now. I need to I need to live my life right now. And to me, that broke my heart, right? Like, right, man, right. you need your own space from your family. You need, yeah. you know, you need your own... Um, you know, life right now when your life is supposed to be us. Um, I didn't understand it. And I'm my dad's first little girl. Um, I have a other older brothers and sisters, but they're my half brothers and sisters. So I'm okay. a special girl. So my relationship with him, it's very close. Like I look up to my dad. That's my right. hero. Right. Um, he leaves. And later that week, uh, we find out my parents come down. We find out that that little girl that um, my little that my aunt's having is my dad's kid. Um, and oh my gosh, yeah, we find that out. Wait, 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 his, his sister? sister, yes, his sister. Oh my gosh, um, we find that out. Yeah, we find that out. And I saw my mom's world break. Um, and I talk about losing three people. I lost my dad because emotionally, respect wise, the person that right. I thought he was, incredible hero, that wasn't him. Um, my mom, the strongest woman I know, the, wow. the, the, ex-marine the woman that kept it together the stone in the family the one that always loves the one that has so much grace in her heart i saw her break um my mom kind of went crazy for three days like where she was kind of in a daze of like she broke everything in the house went in a daze of just crying and like she wasn't there and that moment i was like okay i gotta step up and you're um, and you're 12 years old i'm 12 years old wow. um and and it's crazy because i have brothers and sisters but everyone dealt with it differently so um my brother moved out the state. My sister went up for college. Everyone was kind of like, they didn't want to deal with it, but no one really took into consideration what was about to change for us. Um, my mom and dad couldn't agree on the businesses. So my dad did spiteful things, closed the accounts. Um, the house that my dad just purchased, his mom was in such spite that she was just kicking us out the house. Um, my mom was at a point of like, what, what does she do now? Because that's all right. she had was you know, people are leaving her left and right. Um, family's turning on her. And it was just my little sister and myself and her. So I felt like, okay, well, now I need to help my mom. And the way that I thought helping my mom was, it was the only way that I was around people that I was around. I was in the streets hanging out with these bad kids. I was in the streets hanging out with drug dealers. I was in the streets hanging out with um, older people that I shouldn't be around. And um, they saw that. And I guess you could say they kind of took advantage of me needing some help or me needing right, some guidance. Right. And I wouldn't say 
I wouldn't say they had a bad intent for me, but they were just showing me what they could do, right? Um, so I'm 12 years old, and I meet these Bahamians that live right across the street from me. And the guy just told me, he's like, hey, do you want to make some money? And I'm like, yeah, I'm down. He's like, just drop this package off at this store um, every Thursday for me, and I'll give you some money for it. And I'm like, okay, sounds yeah, fair enough, sounds right? Simple enough, so right? I'm going to drop these <laughs> I'm going to drop these packages off. Um, and, and I'm doing and sorry, it now. Sorry, sorry, sorry. How old are you at this point now? I'm, I'm about to be 13 okay, at, so at this still, point, right? Still um, it just close afterwards. What happened? Still relatively close after this whole event went down. Yeah, so okay. relatively close. And at this point, I'm not listening to my mom. I'm starting to get in trouble in school. Um, now I'm selling drugs and I kind of know they're drugs, but I don't really have a confirmation of it, right? I know right. it's nothing good. Um, and I have this awesome friend, Josh. Um, that was with me through this whole thing. Um, sorry if I get a little emotional, but I have this friend, Josh, and um, I was doing this for months and he just never had a good feeling. And he was a little nerd, a really good kid. Don't, don't have a clue why he wanted to hang out with me. Right. Um, but he would always tell me that, you know, he's my good friend, that he's here to protect me. I'm like, he's like my big brother. Um, and one day we were going to the store where I was doing the drop and it was a different car, um, different mm. people. It did not look like a good scene. Um, and my friend looks at me and is like, Nani, I'm telling you, I don't think you should do this. I don't think you should do this. I tell him, shut up. Like you're just coming or not. And when I pulled up, I was kind of like, fuck, I should have listened to him. Mm. Um, I go forward and I go to turn and the guy gets out the car and kind of like starts yelling like, Hey, like, where are you going? Like, da, 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 da. now we're going back and forth. And I tell him like, I don't know what he's talking about. I'm not giving him anything. Um, now he pulls his car up in front of us. Um, and when he pulls his car up in front of us, our first instinct is to go like, right, run. right. For sure. Um, you know, we're on our bikes, we're trying to go and I fall, my buddy gets off his bike. I get up. And when I get up, the guy basically takes the stuff, um, pushes me over. And my friend, have you ever had a friend say they'll take a bullet for you? Um, well, my friend really did it for me. Um, he yelled my name and he said, Nani, and he pushed me. And when he pushed me, the guys pulled out a gun and shot him. Um, the guys jumped in the car, left, what? and I tried to do everything in my power, like everything in my power to save my friend's life, but I couldn't. Um, oh my and, gosh. Yeah. And for me, and you're that, like 12 years old. Yep. Right before my birthday. Um, and for me that just, it broke me right there. I was like, okay, I'm not meant to live a good life. Uh, tragedy, tragedy is what I'm going to be surrounded around. I don't have any family. My mom's broken. Um, who do I look up to? Like, who do I look towards? And like, now I just lost my best friend and it's my fault. Um, now, so that now, was- Okay, sorry, I, I want to pause you right there. So are you, is this what's going through your head at 12 years old? Is you're like, holy crap, I've got nobody to look up to now. Like, like, do you realize now at 12 years old that this is how your life is destined to be? Or is this like, what was the feeling in the moment? In the moment, I just, I wanted it to be me. You know, I wanted it mm. to- I wanted to be in his position because he didn't deserve it. I felt like I did. Um, just like when my dad left, I felt like it was my fault. Just like when I saw my mom break, I thought it was my fault. Just like when wow. everybody turned their back on my mom, I'm like, man, this is my fault. Um, that was something that I really had to learn as an adult that I can't grab guilt, a guilty conscience to things that aren't under my control. Yeah. And I blame myself for a lot. And with Josh's death, in a way, that's ownership to me that that's one situation that, yeah, it was my fault. It was my fault for putting us in a bad position. It was my fault for not listening to my gut. It was my fault for doing something that I knew I shouldn't be doing and knowing the risk that I, it was at hand. So in the sense of ownership, I own that situation because um, if I wasn't doing 
what I was doing, my friend would probably still be here right now, wow. you know? Um, so that's something in my life that I had to accept that it is, you know, my fault, you know, and, and not to say it wasn't his time, but in the sense of the, posi- the position I put us in, um, it was my fault. And I think that a lot of us in life think that uh, bad things happen, right? And we have nothing to do with it. Right. And it's not true. Oh, nothing results in nothing, meaning that nothing good's going to come out of it. Nothing is going to come out of uh, something that you're not putting um, love into or nurturing right, correctly. Right. You know, so that was something that I had to own up. And till this day, I tell that story and uh, it gets easier as I've said my story. But yeah, it's something that I think of every day. You know, I wonder, you know, if he's proud right now. I wonder who, who he would be right now. I wonder right. what he could have done. And that's why I live my life the way I do, because I've had I've lost a lot of friends. And um, that one friend, it really struck me because I didn't know what he could have been. I didn't know his. Yeah, for sure. Know. Okay, I have a lot to unpack here, but I want to I want to keep moving with the story because I think the questions that I'm going to ask here are probably going to come up consistently. Um, yeah. So let, let's just continue on with the story there. Um, and like, so like, what happened next? I, I should say, and then we'll come back to the questions I'm unpacking. Okay. This. Um, so this happens. Obviously, you know, cops come, family comes, neighborhood comes. Um, I get. I I don't. This is the first time I actually go into details with this on a podcast. So. Uh, uh, I'm getting a little vulnerable with you guys, but yeah, cops come, neighborhood comes. I get arrested um, because I was a part of whatever happened. I wasn't to blame, but they arrested me just to detain me for questioning, um, yeah. asking me, you know, all types of stuff. And this is where I really feel like I failed my friend um, because uh, I was scared. I was scared of what the people across the street were going to do if I told on them. I was scared of what those guys were going to do. Yeah, if- no kidding though. You're 12 years old. <laughs> Yeah, I'm 13 years old, so I was scared. Um, I basically said I, I didn't see anything. I said I I I, I don't know. Um, it just happened. I don't know. It just happened. I explained it, and I felt like shit for uh, a while because uh, I wasn't even welcomed at his funeral because um, wow. his parents just felt like I could have said more, could have done more, and they're absolutely correct. And anybody that's listening to this right now, I don't want to be judged. Uh, because I made a wrong decision when I was younger. It's something that ate me up and led me to, you know, the point of depression, the point of wanting to commit suicide and the point of me actually finding Christ because I realized that the the guilt that I was carrying wasn't something that someone could forgive me for. It was some someone of a bigger power that was going to be able to give me yeah. that who I am. So if you're listening to this, I'm not a bad person. I was just really in a bad place. Um, so I didn't have the balls to go ahead and tell on people because I was scared. Um, and as a little kid, I was, I was petrified. Um, and it's something that I dealt with missing my best friend's funeral killed me. Um, and that's why I lived recklessly at that point. Cause I was like, man, no one cares. Like I just yeah. did the worst thing ever. Why would anybody care about me? You know, it was more like, I right. don't deserve that love. I don't deserve someone to care. I, I don't deserve that. You know? Yeah. So one of the things that I actually want to focus on here, kind of as we go through this, is this concept. And this is something I really want to understand better. And I think hearing from your perspective, the the audience, the listeners right now that that are listening to this, what you said right there, right? Like we all have a backstory. We all have a past, right? And obviously yeah. like, you're not a bad person. Like you have gone through this, but I want to, I want to focus on that a little bit if you're okay with that. Um, yeah. And like, and kind of unpack that a little bit more because one of the things in kind of getting more maybe into social issues rather than just, just purely entrepreneurship here, but I think it's you know like important for like uh, for this is like there's a lot of 12 year old kids right now that are in a similar situation that you were in and maybe they handled it differently. Maybe they didn't, maybe they handled it the exact same, but like they don't know any better. 
right? And so like, I guess like for the, for the people that are out there, like what's, what's it like? Like, what's it like when you've got, I grew up with two parents that love me. They're still together to this day. My dad was away a lot at work, but like, I knew my parents loved me. Like you come from a situation, which is the polar opposite of that, where like your dad claims he loved you, but he left, right? Like you had basically no parents growing up and, and you, you had really no place to extract wisdom or someone to look up to, to understand what's like, what's right and what's wrong. What is that like? What does that feel like when you're 10, 12, 15, 18 years old and you had no guidance? And how is that different for you today? And like, what would you tell people that are 30, 40 years old now that look at someone like that's 18 or 12 or 21 that grew up like you did that had no guidance? So there's a big difference, right? Um, I think I chose not to have guidance, right? Because I saw my mom broken and my mom, just so you guys know, is a great woman, uh, loved me even when I was down, even when I did drugs, even when I stole from her, even when I did bad things. And I think it was more a guilt factor of, I don't want to look at these people and have an opinion of me. Um, my dad, for sure, uh, him leaving and me having all this love from him and then him leaving and not me understanding, it really did affect me in the sense of father figure. So I'm going to talk about both of them differently. Yeah. Uh, so everyone can get a different perspective as a woman and as a little girl you need your dad around. Like yeah. a father figure is so important or a man figure, right? And at this point in my life, the men in my life, they left. Like my big brothers, like they left. They, My brother went on to start mm. a family. My brother went on and moved to another state, right? And I needed them the most. Like my mom needed them the most. My sisters needed them the most and they left. Um, my dad he didn't leave my mom because, oh, he wasn't happy. And he didn't leave us because he wasn't happy. He left us because he was scared of shit that his secret was going to come out, right? Mm. Um, he was scared that his truths were about to come out. He was scared of what was to come. Um, do I believe my dad loves me? Uh, absolutely. Do I believe that my dad loved his family? Absolutely. Do I think that he got lost in ego? He got lost in a bad direction? Absolutely. Do I think he regrets um, what he did every day? Hell yeah, because my mom was an amazing woman and what she created with him was amazing. And what he did was truly just a bad trajectory for the rest of his life that he has to deal with. And for me, he left me. And uh, my darkest moments, he wasn't there. And um, when I needed him the most, he wasn't there. And that affected me as a woman growing up because I felt like I got to be like a, a, like the man. I got to take right. care of I'm independence, pat my uh, chest, beat me up. Like I, it, it's me. Right. And yeah, I saw a strong yeah. woman, which is my mom, ex Marine. Um, whenever my dad and her would argue, whenever things would go wrong, my mom always held herself together so well. And that's why when I saw her break, I was so like, Oh my God, like if she broke the strongest woman in the world that I know, what am I going to do? Like, what, what am I to right. do? And you know, I, I, I don't, when I was younger, I blamed my mom, right, for not really being there. But I can't blame her, right? Like, what happened in her life is her first husband left. Her second husband shot himself. Her third husband, which is my dad, freaking does this to her. She's had so much tragedy in her life that yeah. this breaking point right here, like, they made my mom the godmother uh, of this child. Like, my mom cared about this kid. This kid was born what? and had and liver disease so like but the position they put my mom in and all of us in so you know is like I admire my mother it was just that that year of her being just distraught and broken and everyone leaving her and I started understanding this last year that 
I was thinking, man, what am I going through, right? All I'm doing is losing my dad. Imagine my mom, 17 years of a marriage, her whole family, her business, her life, and no one stopped to think of my mom for a damn second. You know, and for me, I was selfish. I had a woman that was, when I was selling drugs and I was trying to help her like I thought I was, she had three jobs. That's why I didn't see my mom. Um, she was going to different therapies so she didn't kill herself, so she didn't hurt herself. She was doing such things to try to rebuild for us. And I was just so lost and so filled with hate that I ignored what she was doing for me. You know what I mean? Um, so in the sense of guidance, I chose not to be guided because I just felt like everyone was a lie. Um, I had great people in my life that I talk about brick by brick. I had teachers, I had coaches, I played soccer um, up until high school. I was number three in the state. Um, you know, I've, I've always had great influences around me, but I didn't feel worthy of it. I just thought that, man, it's a joke because everybody I met let me down. Um, so I took on this vengeance of taking on these burdens by myself and trying to figure it out. Do I regret it? Not one bit because it's helped me and mold me to who I am now where I could go ahead and tell a kid that's completely lost. Look, it's okay. Like you're going to have a tough life ahead of you, but you got to understand that you got to make wise decisions with it. You got to step up. I didn't step up as a young adult knowing that my life just was about to change. I could have stepped up and took school more seriously. I could have stepped up, took soccer more seriously. I could have stepped up and cared about my little sister more. Um, I get emotional when I talk about my little sister because now my little sister is going through what I did when I was younger. And it sucks because I'm like, I'm changing my life so much, but I can't take back the imprint that I left on her yeah. when she was younger. You know, and it, it, and and now that's a way where I'm like, okay, I'm glad I'm not where I was before because this would have eaten me up. Now I just pray for her. You know what I mean? So when it comes to guidance and um, influences, make sure that you take the people that are really loving you and not take it in a backlash way uh, because that's what I did. I had coaches that I just, they treated me so good, but I didn't care. Because okay. I didn't okay. me. So how, excuse me, how did you get to this point though? Because like, what you have done here is just taken a terrible, terrible, terrible situation where like you honestly have every excuse per se, right? Uh, at least by the world's definitions of this to go and do essentially all the things that you did, right? Yeah. And now you're at this point where you're like, no, like I take ownership for it. I forgive them. I love them. Like you're coming at this, your dad who did terrible things and your mom who went through so much and like didn't, I mean, she did the best she could, but like, there was a lot, there's a lot of reasons for you to hate them right now. There's a lot of reasons for you to not take ownership of your life and be like, Hey, I'm a product of my environment here. I'm where I'm at right now because of these things. How did you go from that where you didn't care and you didn't listen to your teachers and you didn't listen to your coaches and like, like to where you're at now. And like, like you're coming from a place of power right now. Like you are, you are literally living in a way that it, and, and props to you is amazing, but like that had to take a lot to get there because most people yeah. wouldn't have been there. How did you get to that point where you could forgive them and move on and take ownership of this? I almost died. I almost died. And um, it's crazy because I've come to life or death experiences like two or three times, right? Like I've gotten a car accident, a super bad one where I saw I had an outer body experience and I saw my body and I wasn't moving for like three minutes. I was not breathing and I got brought back, right? That happened to me. And I'm like, okay, maybe Crazy. I should, maybe I should, uh, 
change my life a little bit. Maybe I should stop hanging out with these people. So every time a dramatic thing happened, it gave me a wake up call, but I was still fighting it. Cause I'm like, nah, I, I, I don't got a calling for me. I, I'm not blessed. Nah, right. I, I'm not this. Right. So I started seeing that like my purpose is way greater than my problems. Right. Um, my pastor always says that your problems don't overshadow your purpose. And with great opposition comes great vision. And mm. I have great vision. Right. But I just didn't see it yet. So now I get to a point where I'm like, okay, I need to change my life around. I need to stop hanging out with these people. And a big factor is I had a kid, right? I'm 18 years old. Now, the big big reason why I chose to have a kid, I'm going to show you. I don't know if people can see, but when I was born, I have a handicap, right? Um, So when it comes to excuses, that's what made me no excuses. I have a disability. My arm, I can't see it, but one arm shorter than the other. I can't turn this at all. I have a torn brachial plexus um, and really bad herbs palsy. When I was born, they pulled me out wrong. So I wasn't supposed to grow breasts. I wasn't supposed to be able to run. I wasn't supposed to eat with this hand, write with this hand. I wasn't supposed to do anything. I have a paralysis with this arm. Um, what I do with it is kind of amazing. And if you see me standing and stuff, if you see me speak, um, you see that this arm's a little bit more towards me. You see it more lenient. Like I have a disability with it. But as a kid, my parents made me push through with that. And they told the doctors, there's no way that she's not going to use this arm. There's no way that she's not going to be able to do this. So I always was put into sports. I was always put to use this. So when it comes to excuses, my arm and seeing that I got a lucky fin and seeing other people with the same injury I have and they can't use it or they're doing surgeries and it goes wrong, that taught me no excuses. So my little life that I have, it's kind of like a, man, I've been born with shit happening to me and I've, and I've conquered it. So when I was 18 years old, I was supposed to receive 2.5. I was supposed to receive 5.5 million after the lawyer fees and everything. I got $2.5 million. Um, When this happens, I have an attorney. This attorney has been with me since I was a kid. This is my family attorney. He ends up being my mom's divorce attorney, helping me and my, my family out as much as he could, taking us to therapists, taking us to woman in distress. Like when I was when I was younger, my mom was doing everything to try to keep me out of what I was doing, but it was too late. I right, raised right. much. You know what I mean? Like you can't hold this back from me now. So now 2.5 million um, comes when I'm 18 years old. The judge didn't want to give it to me because they're like, this girl's gonna blow through it. She's gonna run it. Like there's no way she's in the right state of mind. I had to get my life together so I could get my money, right? For the first six months of my 18-year-old life. Um, I find out I'm pregnant, okay? So now I'm like, what? Like, this this is insane. Find out that I'm pregnant and I get told that I need to change my life or I'm not going to see my money until I'm 30. And I'm like, damn, I got to change it. This is the only way out. Like, this is where I could invest in something. This is where I could get my money. Right, mom. holy cow. So I find out I'm pregnant and I wanted to abort my kid. And if my kid listens to this one day, she's heard the story before. She knows I love her. She's my everything. That's my world. That's why I am the way I am and who I am. Um, Find out I'm pregnant. I didn't want to have the little girl because, dude, like, I'm a baby. Like, I'm a a dropout. I'm a drug user. Like, I'm everything everyone's saying. And now I'm going to have a kid. So let's top off the other freaking, let's check it off the list. Oh, my gosh. Right? And, man. When I found out this, my mom kind of put put me in a corner um, where she's like, you know, like what type of like, how did I raise you? Like what type of woman would do that? Like you have the, you have $2.5 million you're going to get and you're going to go ahead and abort a kid because you want to go have fun. And when she said that to me, it just made me feel like, oh, here we go. My mom judging me again. Like, right. yes, I guess I'm going to keep it. So 
um, at the time it was more of a, she was right. I had a really bad conscience, so I knew that would have eaten me up. But right. then again, I didn't feel like it was my decision, right? Like, I didn't feel like that's really what I wanted to do. So throughout my pregnancy, I was kind of upset with my mom, right? Because I wasn't happy about what I was about to get into. Now, right. I'm five months pregnant. I'm, I, I get approved for my funds. When I get my funds, um, the first thing we do is go into business with this attorney. This attorney, we've known him for so long. Um, he's honestly a brilliant man. Like we've seen his investments. He does real estate. He invests in business. We go invest in a restaurant with him. So you, um, do, you do you do eventually get the 2.5 million? Get the 2.5 okay. million okay. five months within my pregnancy. Okay. Um, he gave it to me early. Um, my pregnancy obviously helped because now I'm not doing anything. I'm pregnant, you right, know? Right, right, right. They gave it to me when I'm five months. Um, I go into this excitement mode. I wanted to invest in the dispensary because at the time I'm working at a smoke shop. Um, he's making me manager. He's teaching me business. So that's one of my first mentors, Tim. Um, right. He saw something in me, right? Like he's the reason kind of why I stopped selling and I started learning sales. Like that's awesome. I everybody on his floor and I'm the one that's running his floor now. Um, and uh, I go ahead and I tell my mom, my mom's like, no, we're going to invest in these restaurants. Like hmm. you don't know Tim like that, you know, Chris. And Tim was like family. I'm like, mom, I don't need to know Chris. I know Tim. So we get into this altercation. I end up investing with Chris. So again, another decision of my mom, not mine, right? That you follow, yeah, okay. Now we do this investment with Chris, probably about $300,000. We open up a restaurant in Kentucky. Uh, We go see the restaurant, it's coming together. We visit it probably once or twice. Um, And he kept asking for money, right? Like asking for more money, asking for more money, asking for more money. So that's why my mom and I flew out there to see the two restaurants. And I'm like, okay, well, showing that like the paper show that he's putting into this and it looks like it's going into this, like this restaurant's really nice. Um, and now I'm going to go buy a house, right? Like, so now when we're flying back, I'm about eight months, um, about eight months and, uh, we're flying back. I bought my mom a car, bought myself a car. And now I'm like, I'm going to buy my mom this house. Like it's going to be her and I, and like, we're going to, she's going to help me with this kid. Like it's going to be great. Right. To buy the house, and the day that you know the paperwork's clear, now it's time to go do our cash offer, like we were going to do. Um, my mom goes to the bank, and I'll I'll always remember her face. She comes out, and I'm on the phone, and she's like, "Hang up!" And I look at her, and I see like there's nothing in her hand, so I'm kind of like, "What the hell?" Like you were right. just at the bank for 30 minutes. Like where's the money? Right, right, so right. I look at her, and I'm like, "What's up?" And she just stays quiet again and says. It's gone. And I'm like, what's gone, mom? I literally tell him, like, what are you talking about? Like, and I'm kind of thinking, like, is she having a moment right now? Right, right. What is she talking about? I'm like, mom, what are you talking about? What's gone? And she's like, the money, all the accounts, they're empty. And I'm like, what? And she's like, you need to go in there with me and we need to call Chris right now. And we're blowing Chris up, my money market account, my business account, my personal account. Like literally I have five accounts and the only account that wasn't touched had about, I'd say 250,000 in it. Um, and that was my personal account. And that was the only account that had funds in it. Um, he put all of our, he took all of our funds and what he was doing, why we were receiving such a large portion of our investment right away and the investment's not even up yet. He was taking the money and he was doing deals with someone out of the, out of the country. I'm not sure what deals it was. Yeah. And he was flipping my money and he was profiting off of it. And he was giving us some of the profit share. And this time the guy tricked him 
and told him, oh, let's do the biggest, like, let's do the big deal, last deal. All we need is this much, which was about like one point, like eight million. Took it all, invested in it, supposedly. And the guy ran off with the money. Um, oh so, my God. Yeah. So what, I couldn't. What is your life? Dude, what right? is your right. life right now? Right, I'm telling you. And you're what, 18 years old, 19 years old this time? I'm 18 years old. I'm 18 years old. 18 years old. This happens to me, and immediately he, within that month, files bankruptcy. Um, his chapter of his bankruptcy ended last year, um, and we're obviously in a pursuit to get my funds back. But it's been so long. There's, it's just, it's going to be an ongoing. Case. Yeah. So, well, so that me, was six years, seven years yep. ago. Oh yep. my. Gosh. Um, so yeah, man, that, that really, that right there got me where I'm like, dude, now I gotta have this kid. And like, what? Like I'm not, it's not a millionaire liquid and you were supposed to have a house and funds coming in and you were going to, and it's just what on earth? This is insane. So this happened. I don't understand how you got to where you're at today. This is, we just pause for a quick second. I know we're not there yet, but like, Nani, I just got to give you props because like most people would have quit a long time ago, like a long, long time ago. So like mad props to you. This is crazy. All right. I'm fascinated by the story. Continue. Continue. No no problem. I'm going to continue. And you know what? You're getting like the full scoop because when you listen to other podcasts, I don't get in this deep with them or tell the details like this. So this is an exclusive uh, show. I appreciate it. This is awesome. This is awesome. Um, Yeah, man. Uh, I I just saw some of your story too. And I related with a lot of what your emotions, at least that you felt. So I'm like, let me, let me give it all I got on this. And um, yeah, so this happens. Uh, Obviously I'm raising a baby on my own because I, my baby's father does, if I'm not with him, he doesn't want any part with it. So I'm going through that right now. Right. Um, I have 250,000 left and my mom was like, well, we're obviously not going to buy a house. Like that would be dumb. Um, we, we got to figure this out. So, uh, we don't make any investments because at this point I'm scared, right? Like right. I, you I'm just scared. lost $2 million. You're going to have a million bucks. And now yeah. I'm like, what do I do? And what do I know? I know drugs. I know how to sell weed. I know how to find things and flip them. Right. So I'm like, what do I do? Okay. Well, I'm going to go back into my old ways. Um, I end up having my kid. Um, and I was just like, what do I freaking do? And I guess it was a scarcity mindset of like, yeah. man, like, look, I, I trusted somebody and it didn't go my way. Like, why the hell would I trust anybody yeah. else? Right? Like, yeah. No way. This is, what, this is what I get for treating good, like people good. So right, right. a big part of why, like I've had such trust issues because I get screwed and I think I get screwed because I wear my heart on my sleeve and people hear my story. They see what I've been through and they're like, she's eager. She's hungry. She'll go for it. And before I used to be that dumbass, yeah. eager, hungry. Yeah, I got it. If it's shiny, I'll go for it. Cause I never had opportunities. Um, and then I realized that I got to start creating my own because people are always going to see my hunger, my eagerness and my uh, ability to want to participate in something great. And they're going to always take it for granted. Um, so now 18 years old, I'm like, I need to start selling weed again. So what I do, I'm technically not selling it. I give it to somebody to sell. I'm just investing in it. Right. Uh, and now right. I'm like, okay, well, let me, yeah. Let me, <laughs> let me go, loopholes there, yeah. Yeah, let me go ahead and um, give myself a job. Like, let me get, let me, let me figure this out. So now um, I try to get a job. No one's accepting me, right? Because I have such a bad, like, history in, in, with my, my juvenile record. Right, right. Um, I don't have any experience. So now I'm like, okay, I'm going full sun with this weed selling stuff. I get my own apartment. 
badass apartment. Shouldn't have done it because all I have is two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Right, of course. But I had put fifty grand in a CD for my daughter, um, which I still have. Um, now I go full force. I have like two apartments. I have two cars. I'm buying product. I'm doing this whole nine. And so I you're, you're moving product at this point. Yeah, I'm moving product at this point because now I'm like, no one's going to accept me. I'm like, right, right. Mm. I can't get a job. I can't do anything. And I just finished getting my GED. That was the last thing I was like, all right, um, at least let me get this GED before they change the rule where it's not considered a high school diploma. Yeah, yeah. Like that wasn't getting accepted anywhere. So I just felt really like a nobody, right? I even tried to do college in a year. I just felt so dumb because I'm like, man, yeah. I, well, I was never <laughs> yeah, in high school. I get it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. suspended all the time. I was always fighting and I'm smart. But one thing about me is that if I don't feel like I know it, I get uncomfortable because I yeah. don't have to feel stupid, right? And as a person that's that broken, doesn't have self-worth right now, doesn't have any integrity because I didn't, right? I'm doing bad shit. That's not someone with integrity. Right, that's not someone right. with character, right? So me being in that bad place, I always had an ego. And I never wanted my ego to get broken, even though my shit was broken. I didn't have, I didn't even have a worth, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I drop out of college and now I'm going full force with selling weed and someone tried to kick in my damn door. And uh, when someone tried to kick in my door, I realized that I have a gun, I have my little girl and how is this going to play out? Like, yeah, what no am kidding. I going to really do? Like, either I'm going to do something wrong or this person's going to do something wrong. And for some reason they left. Right. And that right there for me was like, okay, I need to stop selling drugs. Cause like, this is big. That was the first time in my life where I felt conviction because now I'm like, oh shit, there's someone else's life in here. I yeah, no kidding. Now. You got your kid. Right? And, 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 but you know what, dude, like I say, if you're not ready for a kid, you weren't expecting a kid. You were just a kid doing stupid shit, having unprotected sex with someone you didn't really care about. And like, I have no guilt or shame saying that because there's so many women right. that have been through this and they put this fake ass excuse on like, no, I wanted my baby. And I was, I always knew it was perfect. And I'm no, like I had to live with that feeling because it made me a better mom. It right. Made me right. Like, Yo, you got shit to fix because it's, it's someone in their right mind does not think like this. Right. Like, right. You got something wrong. And, um, right there was like, I was like, I got to change my life. So I basically go collecting all my money. I clear out the apartments that I had. And I go move across town. I don't tell anybody. I pack my shit in the middle of the night. The next day after I packed all my stuff, I went apartment hunting, found a place. That next night, I pulled up a U-Haul van and I dipped. I didn't tell a soul. Dang. Changed my number, everything. And I when feel I, like there, I feel like there's a movie going to be written about you someday. <laughs> I hope so. Like, I, I feel hope like so. I feel like that. I feel like that's cool. <laughs> yeah, man. I hope so. Like, and holy cow. Yeah. Now, now we're getting to good stuff. It, the good stuff is coming. All right. Um, all right. All right. So now, um. I move across town. I get a job at Outback. And my mom always taught me, like, if you're going to do something, be the best at it. Whether you're the janitor, whether you're the waitress, whether you're the garbage man, like, always be the yeah. best in the room. Yeah. And I took that with me my whole life. Like, everything I did, I'm like, I got to be the best. So at Outback, I didn't have experience. I was a host, 19 years old with a kid. Like, I'm going to make damn money. So I hustled right. really hard. <laughs> Because they told me I could get promoted to serving. So now I'm like, man, I got to hustle hard. I got to be the best one. So I'm working doubles every single day just to make $100. Just to make $100, mind you. Um, and every two weeks, I got like a $300 check. So I was really making like a thousand bucks, like almost right. $100. But I had to, like, I had to feed my kid, right? Right, and right. My money's rolling, roll, uh, going lower. I spent money like a dumbass on 
dumb things like so incredibly stupid. Yeah, I've been there. Oh, it just makes like, you so mad. <laughs> oh, I think I'm just like, oh man, so incredibly stupid. And my money's rolling low. And now I have this girlfriend and I have namaste. And I'm like, what do I do? Like, I got to take care of them. I need to keep going. So now I'm facing my water being turned off. Now I'm facing that I could barely pay rent. Um, I have no pride in saying I even went to try to get some government assistance to help me out. Yeah. Um, thank God my mom pulled through for me. And that was the thing that my mom always pulled through for me. Like if I really needed it, there's a point where she was, she bought myself and my girlfriend some clothes cause we needed it. And she helped us buy groceries and yeah, she, yeah. my lights were off. But I remember a point where I'm eating corn and like, I made my kid the last bit of like little food that was there. And I'm sitting on the floor with, um, now she's like one of my best friends. Uh, she still helps me till this day with Namaste because of just the history you got. Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting on the floor with her. I'm eating canned food. She's eating like tuna and some crackers. And like, we look at each other and we just start laughing. <laughs> she's like, I, she's like, she tells me, she's like, isn't it crazy that no matter what, you're going to go through it? I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, you're going to have to go through this because you've been such a bad person for so long that you're going to have to learn what being a good person really takes. And when she said that, Dang. That's, that's what started changing my perspective. I was like, Oh shit. So I need to be prepared now. Like now I need to start preparing myself that things are going to happen to me and I got to figure it out. Just like I figured out. Interesting. I mean, that's some tough love right there, but I guess yeah. she's right. Yeah. She's on the floor with me. So obviously, you know, right. like she believed in me. She loved me. Right. Right. So, this happens and I get fired from Outback and I worked hard, but someone was stealing in the front. And because no one wanted to say there's three people on the to-go line, I had nothing to do with it because I was in the back doing food. But because no one had details, we all had to get fired. And uh, the manager told me he felt so bad doing it to me. And I begged, like I was in tears. Like I had nothing. I'm like, right, right. Like I can't lose this job. Like I, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Like I can't lose this job. And I was in tears and everyone had my back. Like everybody was like, Nani, Nani works hard. She comes, she's here, which doesn't even have to be here. She right, helps. right. Have to, and um, someone saw something in me there, and that's what led my my road to sales. Um, I left out of there. I got a phone call from one of the managers, and she's like, "Look, fuck that place." Um, my brother in law runs a call center. He's looking for a secretary. Um, I'm gonna get you an interview. I get a call the next hour. The guy tells me, "Me come in tomorrow." I'm like, "For sure, like I'll be there, right?" Yeah, so for sure, right. You're like I anything. Go there, and when I go there. One, my tire popped. I had to change my own damn tire. I look like a crazy woman when I go in there. Like my hair now is like frizzy. I got black stuff on my shirt. And I literally tell him, I'm like, look, man, I just want you to know this is how dedicated I am to this job that I still made it on time. And my tire popped on 595. And I look like this, not because I don't know how to dress appropriately. Right, right. I changed my own shit because I didn't want to wait for AAA. Right starts laughing and he goes have you ever done sales before and i'm like laugh and i'm like depending on what you consider sales, yeah. <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very familiar with it bud <laughs> and um he tells me he's like you know i wanted you for front desk but i'm gonna think about it and he tells me i'll give you a call tomorrow i'm like okay i'm walking out and he comes down he's like nani you know what do you have anything to do right now and i was just like no like i could work right now right he's like, how do you know that i'm give you the job. I'm like, well, I mean, like whatever you need, I could do it right now. Right. And he's right. Like, I want to show you the sales floor. So I come into this place. looks like 
dude, like perfect Wolf of Wall Street. I promise you. You know when he walks in? Yeah, 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 yeah. Collecting places, a fat guy. Oh, God, I promise you. Oh, my God. Five people. And he's like, I've never had a girl on my floor, but something about you. I think you're going to be my golden egg. And I'm like, okay, well, let me be your golden egg today. Yeah, Um, yeah. I go in there. I did training for a week. The most Mm. bullshit training, dude. Like they gave me a packet and I had to copy it. No one taught me anything. And then I sit next to this guy named Rodney. Rest in peace, Rodney. Um, I sit next to him and he is an old ass brump. Like doesn't like millennials, doesn't like music, but he cared about me. And like, I thought I was doing well the first month. I'm closing deals left and right, student debt consolidation. I thought I'm going to have an amazing month. The next month, I get all of those canceled. I didn't calculate something correctly in the calculator. I was missing a step. And that point, Rodney saw, and Rodney's like, you know what? I'm going to help you out. So I got his old school ass helping me out. I got this other kid that I'm mimicking in the room because he's the top one, supposedly. Right. I'm going to be number one. How can I do this? And I started seeing that if I took initiative, um, that I get more benefits with these guys. And the boss at the time loved me. Like the owners fucking adored me. Like Mm. they cared about me so much. They gave me so much opportunity that I started feeling significant. And this Mm. is where my growth began. Um, I started getting called ma'am. I had a cubicle. I had files. I, I was helping people. I was killing it in the floor. Um, we ended up having five reps. Fast forward five years, I worked for those guys. Um, we ended up having over 100 employees, all trained and hired by myself. I earned a manager position. Wow. Systems and processes. Um, I created sales. Like I, I fought that way to help that business grow. I helped them get to seven figures with their student debt consolidation company. And then we created a moving brokerage together. And that place I give all the credit to because it taught me everything. I was um, going to say, this. it sounds like you spent a lot of time here helping you really get your life back together. Yeah, um, I, 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 I got obsessed with work. I didn't leave that work. Now, I fell in love with sales, but keep in mind, Wolf of Wall Street. So it was drinking mm. cocaine, but I was making money, right? And I saw these guys that I thought were my mentors, that I thought cared about me doing the same thing. They're freaking taking us to the strip club. They're taking us to drink. They're taking us to do blow. Um, I'm seeing them cheat on their wives. I'm seeing, I'm seeing this lifestyle and I'm like, but they still have it all. Like right. that's what I want. Right. I'm like, right. Oh, I want this. Right. So now I'm hanging out with these people and now I'm picking up a new habit every Thursday night football. I'm a football girl. Um, I'm, I'm a Dolphins fan. I know that you're a Patriots fan. You know, so, so- <laughs> uh, we, we can be, we can be friends. We can be friends. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I love football. And, um, I got and I started feeling like, man, these are my friends, and at least these people—they're not drug dealers, and they're not. Well, kind of they are, kind of losers. Well, they're, but, they're not dealers; uh, they're just consumers. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? They're like right, they're, right, they're right. Not as bad, and they got their shit together, and like right. they have inspiring dreams. So I started getting obsessed with hanging out with them. Thursday night, we drank all night after work. Fridays, we drank all day at work, all day at work till the night, um, hung over as hell Saturday. So I didn't want to see my kid. Right. Um, later on, on Sundays, I yeah, go where's out. Your, I'm like, where's your kid through all this? My dad, my mm. dad, my dad. And that's how my dad gained a lot of respect back for me. Cause he helped me take care of my kid. Mm, okay. Um, that makes sense. and when I got this job, I chose the decision to move out of my apartment because I just didn't feel like I could maintain it anymore. And I didn't want to edge myself to do something that I didn't want to do, like sell drugs. Because at this point, I yeah. got that broken mindset. So my dad right. let me move back home with him. Nice. Um, okay. And uh, he's helping me out, right? And it was more of a guilt thing. Like, I've always fought with him about that. Like, 
he tries to throw it in my face and I'm like, just because you fucked my life up does not mean that uh, you get an okay to say, hey, I helped you with your kids so you gotta right. love me. You know right. what I mean? Right. So yeah, my, dad, yeah. my dad at this point is taking care of my little one a lot more. Um, and Sundays I would go hang out, right? And this was my lifestyle consistently. And now I'm making 10K a month, 15K a month. I got a base salary. I'm the manager. I got a nice ass car. Um, and I find out that uh, these guys, they're screwing me over. Um, they tell me that if I help them with their moving company, start up a seven figure business, just like we did with the debt consolidation, come up with my sales process, their trainings, everything they have, that's mine. And I was a dumbass because I didn't realize that I could sell that. I can license it. I can make them sign a contract. I didn't know any of that because everything they told me, it was always in good faith and they always stood there. You know, these were the first people like I trusted again. And that's why it hurt so much when I got screwed. Um, they tell me you're going to give me 10%. The day comes, right? I remember fantasy football draft, just picked the badass team. I'm going into the office. I'm telling them like, yo, I'm about to kick your asses and I'm about to get a part of this business. I'm fired up. Like I am freaking excited. Right. Right. Life is finally together. Yeah. Life is coming together. Not too much. Cause now I'm drinking a lot more, but I know now I'm like, I got money. I could breathe, you know? Right. um, Right. Now they tell me come into the office and I go into the office and like, they're all kind of like quiet with a beer and I'm kind of like, what's going on? Like who died? Like what's, what's, what's wrong? Right, right. What do I got to fix, you know, before we go out? And he tells me, you know, sit down. And I'm like, okay. And I was closer with Justin than Diego. Um, sorry for using their names, Justin and Diego, but screw you guys. So um, <laughs> with that being said, um, I was closer with Justin than him. And um, man, I look at him and he's like, Diego has something to tell you. And I'm like, okay. Look at Diego. And he's like, look, you know, you make a lot of money. Like you don't, aren't you happy? And I look at him and I'm like, yeah, you make a lot of money. Aren't you happy? Like what, where, where is this going? Yeah. Right. Right. And he's like, um, you know, we're not going to give you the 10% just because we only told you that to work harder, which look, it made you get the money that you wanted. So technically you're getting what you, you wanted. And we're, we're, we build up our business. Now, if you want to be a manager, we'll increase your base a little bit more, but, um, we just don't see that happening right now. And I look at them and I literally was like, you guys are fucking with me. Right. Like I'm telling you, like these are my brothers at this point. Right. 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 I'm going to dinners with their wives. Like I'm hanging out with like their family. So like, I'm looking at them like, shut up. Right. Right. I was looking at them like, shut up. And they were serious. I was like, wait, you guys are serious. And they were like, Nani, like you make a lot of money. And I was like, got it. I got it. And I go out the office, I grab a box and I start packing my shit, packing my shit, packing my shit, packing my shit. And they're like, what are you doing? And I'm just like, I'm leaving. They're like, don't make a scene on the floor because everybody loved me. They didn't like them. A lot of the employees didn't like them. They were there for me Mm. because how I treated them, what I what I, what I did for the business, I was for the people, not for the, uh, right, the boss. Right, right, right. Um, they're like, don't make a scene. I'm like, okay, well, and I made a scene. I didn't make a big, but I got up on the desk and I basically said, Hey everybody, um, I'm going to be leaving. And everyone immediately was like, what? Like, right, why are you? Right. I'm like, listen, you know, take it from me. If these guys just screwed me over, they're going to continue to do the same thing to you guys. Um, so make it what it is, but I'm out of here. And as soon as I said that, half the floor got up and they left with me. Dang. Okay, like we need a movie. 
Like we actually need a movie of this. Like <laughs> yeah. this is so insane. Yeah. And um that that made me lead to depression though, because um they were my friends and they kind of blacklisted me. All the people that we hung out with blacklisted me. Um these guys threatening me. Um, of course. you know, starting up a bunch of stuff. So then I did some childish things, told some things to their wives. So now it's getting really personal and it just drained me, dude. It really did. Um so for about four and a half months, I was just drinking and I was just not giving a fuck. I didn't work. I didn't, I didn't get up. I was tired. I, I didn't move. And when I finally did, I went out to a party. Um, Sunday brunch is really big down here in South Florida. So I went out to brunch on a Sunday. I was not in the right state of mind. Drank all day. Um, I don't remember having my uh, ex in the car. And I guess we were driving. I, I caught her doing something, uh, you know, cheating on me. And I guess I pulled her ass into the car. Um, I drove blacked out and I crashed the car. And um, when I crashed the car, I didn't even remember being arrested. I woke up in jail. And when I woke up in jail, I'm in a freaking suicide suit. It's not like it's closed together. But in jail, when you get arrested, it's like a turtle, like a ninja turtle suit in a way. Um, looks like a grenade, right? You just don't have any sleeves, nothing. It's not straps. You're just like a little dress. So I wake up and I'm kind of like, what the fuck? Like, right, where am I, I thought I got kidnapped, honestly. Like, right. I'm kidding with you. Like jail was the least thing on my mind. Right, right. And I look out the little window that I have, this little creek I have, and I see that it's the main jail. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, what? And I start looking around like, oh my God, where's my friend? Like, oh my God, like, oh my God. Like, you know, just right, kind of like- Right, like freak out moment for a minute. Right, out. right, for sure. And I, I always say it to my friends and I tell my family, like I legit punch myself in the face because I'm like, I gotta be dreaming. I'm like, there's no way, right. wake up. Like, right. there's no way. And I'm banging on the door, banging, banging, banging. Finally, someone comes in and tells me, you're on suicide watch for 72 hours. Um, I, I guess I kicked the officer's boot when they had me on the ground. I, I really don't remember. So I don't really like to right. talk. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah. Remember, we just get you know? that. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, something happened where the officer, the six, nine officer felt threatened by me, um, belligerently drunk. So it happened. Um, and I got in suicide watch for it and, uh, 72 hours, no bond, no phone call. And, uh, the lady tells me you totaled your car. And I look at her and I say, my friend was in it. And she's like, and that's it. And when she said that, it killed me because I'm like, oh, my God, I killed someone else. Like, oh, my God, I just killed somebody. Like, oh, my God, I have no bond. I can't make a phone call. Like, I'm on suicide watch. Like, there's no way. Like, I just killed my best friend. Right? Like, I just killed right. my What the hell? So now for 72 hours, I got to sit there in my own pity in soap. Right? So now I'm like going crazy. Um, I'm sitting here reflecting and I'm like, I need to change my life or I need to be out of here. Like, am I really worth it? And I know a lot of people, they sit in jail. Like a lot of people I've interviewed that have that moment. They're like, I need to change. I was like, I need to be out. Like, I don't need to be on this world no more. Yeah. Like, I'm done going through this. I'm done being hurt. I'm done trusting people. Um, I'm really just done. Right. And, uh, finally I get to see the judge. They tell me that I told him my car, I'm getting a, you know, underage drinking, not underage drinking, reckless driving. Um, I'm getting a felony, a battery. Like they tell me all these, like they, they name out my rap sheet. Right. They tell me now I have a bond. So I'm like, okay, then kill somebody. 
Um, so she, she, she didn't die. Didn't die. So was she yeah. in jail too? Or did she walk or did she leave the scene or like what yeah, happened? She got to leave. So based off of what happened with my car, I hit a wall. Um, and my side got banged up more than what her side did. So she was able to walk. Um, and in the police report, she basically like threw me under the bus with everything. Got it. Got it. Well, all right. Yeah, got, so yeah, got, got, okay. Got yeah. It. So she got to walk. Um, and I give them the first reason I give a call is her hangs up on me. Give my mom a call, hangs up on me. Give my dad a call, pissed as fuck at me. He tells me he doesn't have money for bond. Um, I call my mom again. My mom's like, your bosses are trying to bond, like your ex-bosses are trying to bond you out. I'm like, screw them. Like, I'm not going to have them help me. Like, fuck that. Like, I'll bond myself out. Right. Um, I end up looking at the wall. One of my really close friends' mom owns a bail's bond. Um, ended up bonding myself out. When I bonded myself out, I had to wait there another 48 hours to get bonded out. Um, so I was there in total like five days. It was probably the worst five days of my life. I like, bet. Holy cow. Horrible, dude. Horrible. Um, I was there five days and then I get bonded out. Um, my dad picks me up with my little one and my little one didn't even realize I was gone. And that's what tore me up. And that's yeah. what confirmed that thought of, I don't need to be here anymore. Um, so when I got home, she was just kind of like, Hey mom, like, I'm like, you didn't know I was gone. And my dad was like, well, that's what you get when you're not, when you're not being a around. Woman. Yeah. When you're not, and around. I was just yeah. like, wow, like that hurt me. And I think that for anybody listening to this, that has someone that's going through something, um, it's so important to make sure you watch your words because I get tough love, but you also don't get it when someone is like not in the right mental state of mind yeah. and, they, and they love you a lot. And like, you're the one that caused some of the pain. And then you say something like that. You really feel like a piece of shit. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now I, I'm, I tell my dad, I got to go get some paperwork for my probation tomorrow. I lied. Um, I went, got some booze. Um, I find some Xanax bars from a friend. I go to my friend, uh, my friend's house and I say some crazy shit. Basically like my mind was gone and she followed me where I was going. Um, and I didn't know that. And I go to this jetties in Fort Lauderdale. There's a lot of big rocks, high, top, low. Um, and I went there and I drink the last bit of this bottle. I take like probably like 10 bars. Um, and I literally foot over the rock, other foot over the rock. Like I was, I was above the damn ground. Like, and that's why I say she, she's an angel. Um, she ended up knocking me before, like I can't went over like, I made the decision, break the bottom, I'm going and I get knocked back. And when I get knocked back, I'm like on the ground, like, what the fuck? And she tells me, Nani, why can't you see that it's not everybody that doesn't care about you? It's you that doesn't care about you. And why can't you see that it's not everybody that doesn't love you? It's you that doesn't love you. So yeah. what's she going to do about it? And I was just like, wow. Like I cried like a little baby. I broke down. And that's when I really started to change my life. I got into personal development, started watching motivational videos. I took my probation very seriously. Um, and I was like, you know what? I need to get a job. I need to get my shit together. I need to either get a job or build a business. And, um, I'm like, what do I know? So I started up, uh, a moving brokerage. Uh, but prior to that, I got connected with a good friend of mine. Um, he wanted me to run up, run his health insurance floor. Never did health insurance, but I know call center metrics, sales, the whole right, nine. Right, right. Um, we started that up, did six figures the first month. Uh, but I wasn't happy with it. I was like, dude, right. I feel like I'm lying to people. It's limited plans that aren't benefiting people. I'm not in this, like, I don't want to get in trouble. So my right. mindset was always like, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to do it. You know, yeah. um, the guy tells me, the owner's like, well, what do you want to do? I know like you got great ideas. What were you doing before this? I'm like, oh, I was doing moving. Do you want to do it again? And I'm like, 
I guess so. And the part that I always tell everyone, I think I failed as being a business owner is because I really was, I really didn't want to be one yet. I didn't feel like I had the capability to be one yet. And I knew that I still wasn't in the right state of mind. And I still had a lot of work to do on myself before I go ahead and take responsibilities like this. But I still did it um, because I had no other choice. I was like, screw it. He makes his investment and I really go all in. And now I'm discovering and my let, um, I've already was familiar with the legends, Bob Proctor, Les Brown, Tony Robbins, because my mom was into MLMs. So she mm. used to take me with her to some of her conferences. And I used to say, oh, this is, this is dumb. This isn't for me. Right, so I'm familiar right. with personal development, affirmations, a secret. So I just started taking what my mom used to give me and started applying it, right? And now I'm like really into like wanting to do better, morning routine, you know, gratitude. And I build this business up. The first three months, we hit $350,000 in sales. Awesome. Um, we're killing it. And this guy, which was my partner, ends up telling me he wants to get paid out. The deal was that we get paid out in a year. Um, I told him there's nothing to really pay out. We have a very high expense when it comes to the marketing. At the time, we were doing Google campaign ads, PPC. Yeah. Um, and our market is highly saturated. The, uh, the keywords, they're, they're expensive. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, at the time, I wasn't too familiar with it. So I'm play- basically playing with it until I figure it out, right? Um, we had we had businesses we needed to pay out like truckers. We had to pay out. We had to wait till jobs got completed. We did a lot of corporate jobs. So the jobs were above five grand. There were like $20,000 jobs that if the job doesn't go right, you have to, you know, give a credit back. There's, there's so much to go with it. We were during yeah. movie season. Um, and this guy didn't understand that. And this guy took $150,000 out the account and went to Puerto Rico, told me the business is mine and deal with it. So now you think, okay, she has 150,000 left. No, because I still had a marketing campaign that was running me about 30 grand a month. Yeah, I still had yeah. employees that I had to pay out. And yeah. now moving season's over. So it's time to pay out the truckers. And now it's time to pay the people that I owe credits to. Did that, it drained me. Um, and now I find out that the people I'm leaving in charge, they're stealing from me. Um, they're stealing credit card numbers from the the the, the damn uh, uh clients customers that we had yeah. so now i'm like what the f-? i'm like man like i'm trying to do good and this is happening so i have a breakdown and this is where like i think that fire of empower of me of passion came out where i was like i'm really done with this so i fire everybody on the floor i see this ambassador group 10x um and i'm like you know what i'm gonna join it i'm not super interactive in the group i paid a thousand bucks to be in it and i'm not but this day i was like you know what I need somebody. I need some friends right now. I need yeah, somebody. Yeah. I go on live, very similar to this, and I go live for about two hours. Dang. And I'm crying. I'm breaking down. I'm telling my whole entire life story, like just like I'm doing right now. So the whole entire thing. And I have over a thousand people looking at this live. I had over 2,000 comments. I had over a thousand people writing me messages like, that's oh my crazy. God, your story, this, that, and that fired me up where I was like, okay, I got people that care about me. Okay. I got people that like me. Okay. People, yeah. There are different people. So I started going really ham on this group. I ended up being awarded as the ambassador of the group, uh, in 2018 because I was just all in on it. Um, and from there I was like, I love this mastermind idea. I love this environment. Um, I love how it has helped me take my moving business from zero to now I'm getting a reoccurring of 20 grand. But then I realized I was burnt out. I get to 10 X, um, growth con. I go with a buddy. We have premier seats. I spent like my last six K that I have on these damn tickets. Um, literally I'm, I'm broke after I, I paid for these premier seats. Yeah, yeah. I go 
And like, dude, Steve Harvey spoke and I felt like he was speaking to me, brother. Yeah. Like, he was like talking about purpose and talking about how so many of us have a purpose, but we don't, we, we don't want to face it. We have right. a calling, but we don't want to face it. And then when we wonder, why am I taking on these obstacles? Why am I taking on these struggles? Like, why, what, why is this for me? It's because it was never for you, but you kept trying to push it and push it and push it. That's not purpose. And when he said that, I'm like, man, in the same book that I have right here, this is the 10X Girl Calm book. So you guys can see I'm not yeah, lying. I wrote in power, in pack, in theory, like literally write six different names. I'm next to one of my best friends and I circle in power and I look at him and I said, I'm going to close down my moving company and I'm going to start up a, a mastermind community. And he literally is like, Nani, you're crazy as hell. Like, right. he's got this business going again. Like, right. don't do that. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This feels right. This feels right. And a couple months prior to that, I discovered God. Um, I was listening to Ed Milet, Blissful Dissatisfaction. Love that episode. Ed Milet is a life changer for me. Like, yeah, Ed Milet's a good dude. Yeah, yeah. I got to express to him that. And, um, you know, at my darkest times, he was there when I wanted to go back to that dark place of suicide. I ended up listening to blissful dissatisfaction and I took my ass to church the next Sunday and I haven't missed a Sunday since. Um, and for me, I'm like, I gotta be a servant. I gotta be a leader. I gotta, I gotta tell my message, my mission, my mess is my mission. Like my mess is my message. And two weeks later, I ended up closing down, uh, innovative moving solutions. Um, I gathered together about 20 people, asked them, let me coach you for free. All I want to do is get a badass testimony did this program for 90 days where I held them accountable, created a growth plan, put a blueprint in place. Because one thing I realized is that I have a lot of experience with business. I got a lot of experience with life and I didn't get myself here for no reason. So if I could get myself here, there's no way that I can't help somebody. Right. So yeah. I started going into doing that. 90 days happened. I got immense results. One of my uh, closest mentees quit his job when I was helping him. And now he started up a six figure dig digital marketing agency. Another one of my mentees um, lost over a hundred pounds. Another one started up a mastermind community just like this and started up a subscription of six figures, all with just the things that I'm telling them to put into place. So when I started seeing that, I'm like, okay, this is working. Yeah, um, yeah. But I didn't want to be like anyone else. I fell in love with Russell Brunson, um, dot com secrets, um, expert secrets. And I fell in love with the concept of give, give, give. And the one thing that Russell Brunson said is uh, you got two options. You either got money or you got a lot of time. And I'm like, I got a lot of fucking time right now. Uh, I got a lot of time right now. So I started giving, giving, giving the first six months of my business. I didn't make any money whatsoever. I didn't charge a single dollar. Um, and I just was just giving and reaching out to these bigger players. How can I create a mastermind? How can I yeah. get them on calls? Um, my car got repossessed. I almost got evicted a couple times. Um, I share the fact that I got saved last year around this time. So the grace of God is what got me through it because I was just faithful. I didn't understand faith before. I didn't understand service yeah. before. I didn't understand process. And through me having a pastor that I look up to, a pastor that I get mentored by, being a part of Arctic uh, Accelerator, um, really diving into who I'm really supposed to be and facing my demons, um, it has helped me get to that next level. I live my life by five C's consciousness, confession, clarity, commitment, and consistency. Cause you got to be conscious of where you're at and like really conscious of who you are, where you're at and what needs to change. Once you're conscious, you got to have confession, be honest with yourself. What do you need to change? What are yeah, you yeah. doing wrong? We're always like, man, my environment, man, this like, no, what, what are you doing wrong? Like yeah. be honest. Once you're honest, you're able to get clear 
once you're clear, you can get committed. And then the most important C of all is consistency. If I didn't stay consistent a year later from doing this, I wouldn't be able to be on your podcast. I wouldn't have had the chance to go speak on a, a stage with John Mallette, Ryan Stuman. I wouldn't be able to have these big players and we wouldn't have been able to start up a six-figure business two times this year, right? So I started charging um, in September after I got on dropping bombs with my story. Um, I saw that people were like, hone into what I was doing, started charging, started up a monthly subscription, $97 a month, a mastermind community. Um, I started getting bigger players to be on my calls because I do a podcast, but it's a mastermind interview style. You've yeah, been yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I hit two birds and one stone with that. I have a badass portal with content. I've invested in myself over, you know, $50,000 in masterminds, courses. Um, I've just went all in on me. And I had to do that in order to become better because I can't serve people if I'm not served first, right? Right. Um, so I started up my business. I hit six figures with it. Um, I went to a Lewis Howell's uh, event. I met this guy that needed help with uh, his dispensary. Um, closed my first $135,000 deal. Told him I could work with him 90 Congratulations. days. Congratulations. That's awesome. 10X his income. Um, I did that. We signed off on a different contract now. Um, and yeah, man, I just from there, I've just been hitting the ground running and really trying to do what I can. I'm falling into my mission of speaking more so I could resonate with people, but I serve monthly. I'm always in the church and um, I'm always trying to grind and do something great. So um, I've really changed my life around because I have a daughter and I have a purpose that's greater than anything that I could imagine. This is probably the most insane story I've ever heard in my whole life. Certainly on, on Think Different Theory in the interview here. First off, thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing this and being so open and vulnerable with this. Yeah. Um, we are over on time, but I do want to ask you a couple questions if you're, yeah. if you're up for it. Okay. Before we wrap it up here. Um, so how is the relationship like in your own head with the, this old version of you? Like, how are you dealing with all the crap that still comes up? Because I'm sure it's there. Man, it's, it's not there no more, man. Um, I have to mm. be honest with you. Uh, I found Christ and, um, I'm not someone to go say, Hey, you know, go, you know, preach Jesus. If that's your, and if you don't believe in him, that's fine. But me, um, I'm a woman of God. And like I said earlier, I needed to be forgiven from something bigger than people. I needed mm -hmm. to be forgiven something bigger than myself, because what I've learned is people are going to have opinions. People are going to judge me. Someone listening to this right now is probably like, man, this girl is crazy. I'm gonna <laughs> like, That's cool. I'm okay yeah. with that. What I've learned is that you got to put your in a, yourself in a position for rejection. The reason why is because you thin out the herd, like Andy Fursella says, thin the herd out. Yeah, My messaging sure. isn't for anybody, but I know that I got a lot of people out there that feel like I do. And for I would sure. be doing a disservice if I didn't go tell my story because there's a little 12 year old girl right now that's doing something that she should not be doing. And then she thinks that her future is not worth it. And I want to let people know that I'm a disabled. I have a handicap. I've lost a couple of friends drinking and driving. A friend got shot in front of me. I've been on the ground looking for drugs. Like I've been a drug addict. I've been a drug dealer. And I'm telling you, there's nothing better than being someone that has faith and that can actually impact people. That's so when awesome. I found Christ and I forgave myself, cause I took myself through a ringer, dude, like that, those five C's were discovered in that time where I had to get some soul discovery. Like yeah, yeah. me and I got saved. And when I got saved that burden, like I always talk about it, like, dude, can you imagine waking up every day and people want, are looking up to you and you don't feel that way? They're like, man, you're so awesome. Yeah. You're a good person. Like 
dude, I did not feel that way when I was coaching these people. I was like, I'm not a good person. I just want to help you because I want to Right, all right. right? And, and I think that that's the driving factor behind things too. Is like, just because you're broken. And, and this is a, I think this is an important story for, for anybody out there, especially in the coaching world and the course world and things like that. Like, make sure, and like you did, you went and got results way before, for a long period of time before you ever yeah. started charging, which is absolutely such an important key to this story here. But, yeah. but equally as important here is understand that like, just because you don't have your like business and everything figured out, like you have a skill set that is valuable to somebody else. It might not be building a business, but it might be yeah. sales. It might not be sales, but it might be Facebook ads, right? And your life yeah. might be a complete wreck, but if you have a skill that can go out and help people, don't be afraid to go share that. And I, and I love that. La last question I have for you here before we wrap it up here um, is, what's next? So like, where do you go from here? What's next? What's the vision? So man, um, as I become more filled with conviction, uh, my pastor always says is what you're filled with is what you will be led by. And um, right now, I'm just trying to fill myself up with being a service uh, to as many people as possible. Um, I've kind of, at this time, for the last uh, 90 days, um, I've backed off of doing my group coaching. I'm going to release it again at the end of March. The reason why is I wanted to really focus on my passion, which is speaking. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to also make sure that I have in store my book by May. Uh, so I kind nice. of backed up a little bit just to get focused on the thing that I really love and the passion I want to take. So my main goal for Empower is just to create a community of over, as everyone says, a number. I want to impact over 100,000 people, right? Um, but I think my main goal, my end result is I want to be able to touch at-risk youth. Um, so That's my, awesome. my dream is to be able to create youth centers, um, you know, in cities that really need it and to be able to give back. So right now I'm a project leader at my church that deals with nonprofits. And I'm also, you know, going really in on wanting to speak to associations, halfway houses, high schools, um, because I want to let people know it's not how you start. It's how you finish. Um, and you know, if you're, if you're not first, you're last. <laughs> you're not first, you're last. I'm Ricky Bobby there. Yeah. Um, Nani, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been an insane episode for sure, for sure. So thank you so much for your time and for opening up and for sharing any last words or anything that you want to share with the audience. No, man. I just want anyone that heard my story. If you like what I'm saying, like what I'm doing, like what you're seeing, go ahead and give me a follow. Um, and you know, if you yeah, wh where can follow, we follow you? We'll um, drop you the link down below. Azonani, A-Z-O-N-A-N-I, Alpha Zula, Oscar, November, Alpha November, India. Um, and make sure that when you do go ahead and tag me or follow me, let me know you heard uh, my, my podcast. That way we connect. And if, you know, if you're ever feeling down, just know that it's not how you start. It's how you finish. It's a Ricky Bobby quote, but it's true. Um, because you got to think of it this way. If you don't put yourself first, um, you're always going to put yourself last with your mental, um, your spirituality, with your health, with your business. You got to come first because if you're not right, then nothing else is going to be right with it. I love that. I love it. Nani, thank you so much for your time. Guys, this has been another episode of Think Different Theory with Josh Forty and Nani Bernal. I got it right this time. Thank you so much. Guys, as always, hustle, hustle. God bless. Do not be afraid to think different because those of us that think different are going to be the ones that change the world. I love you all, and I will see you on the next episode on Friday, 12 o'clock Eastern time. We have a great episode, actually. Um, one of my first success students is coming on to the show. Um, he was making 400 bucks a month before we got together, and uh, I helped him out. He's doing over 20000 bucks a month now. It's got a really, really cool community of people that he's helping out and, and building. So don't miss that. Uh, 12 o'clock Eastern time on Friday. I will see you then. I love you all. And I'll see you on the next episode. Take it easy, fam. Peace. 
Yo, what's up, guys? You've been listening to the Think Different Theory with myself, Josh Forty, which I like to call a new paradigm of thinking. And real quick, I got a question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message of positivity and making the world a better place is if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this is out on that you like my stuff and that I'm doing something right. So if you could take like three seconds out of your day and subscribe, leave a rating and a review, I would be forever grateful for you. Also, I want to hear from you. I want to know your feedback, your ideas and your questions for future episodes. So be sure to hit me up on Instagram in the DM at Josh 40 or via email contact at thinkdifferenttheory.com.